1: of our 21-day 21 21-day 21 fast. Uh, I've been fasting a few things, not the least of which has been coffee. I've been I know I've been a little grouchy here and there. I've been having some caffeine withdrawal headaches. I've been going through some pretty I mean, if this is suffering, thank you, Jesus, right? I mean, this is nothing. I mean, people suffer for Jesus. This is pretty, pretty minor <clears throat> compared, to, compared to what people go through. But I've just been challenging each of us to really do something. Not that it has to hurt, but it has to hurt the flesh a little bit. I mean, part of fasting is what it is, is, is taking stuff away from the flesh in order to make room for our spirit man to be front and center, leading the way, leading the charge, uh, for our lives, so I just encourage you to do that if you haven 't started yet it 's never too late and again, this whole fasting thing it 's not just these twenty one days. we really all should be living a life of fasting. I know people who fast one day a week every single day, every single week of the year uh, there 's a lot of different things you can do. You can do periodic fast, uh, you can do it at different times or even uh, I think Liz is doing like one day this week, you know what I mean? She's just taking the whole day and fast. So, I mean, there's all different ways that you can do it, all different things that you can go do. So, I would just encourage you guys to continue to press in uh, to that. Uh, A couple other things. I want to thank you. If you were here last Wednesday, uh, we talked about we were having a two-day retreat Thursday and Friday. Liz and I were locking ourselves up in our office area and in our conference room area. And basically from morning to pretty late in the night, and then most of the next day, this was Thursday and Friday of last night, we just sought God. What is his plans? What are his purposes? What does he have for Erie Christian Fellowship Church in 2020? And I can tell you that God was faithful. He was faithful. Thank you for your prayers. He, I mean, he downloaded stuff to us, and I can't share it yet tonight. We haven't even shared it with the staff yet. And part of it is, is I'm just trying to, we want to pray and let it settle and make sure that's exactly what it is. Uh, but. We're pretty confident on a lot of things in the direction God's moving us as a church and things he wants us to start doing and stop doing and all these other things. So I'll begin to share those. I'm not sure what Sunday, but things will start coming out and you'll start hearing some of this stuff uh, that God really placed on our hearts. Uh, So I do thank you uh, for those prayers. Uh, So tonight I want to spend a little bit of time on the series we started last week, which Steps to Releasing Your Faith. Steps to releasing your faith. And last week we talked about uh, releasing our faith through love. And this week I want to talk about releasing your faith by renewing your inner man. Releasing your faith by renewing your inner man. And if you could turn with me in your Bibles to, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. There's two portions of scripture that I'm going to read out of. Uh, A couple verses, and I'm just going to stop periodically and and talk about them a little bit, of what God has placed in my heart regarding those scriptures. And then after that, I do exactly like we did last week. I want to spend some time just in prayer. Tonight, as a group, as a congregation, we're just going to spend some time in prayer. We'll put up our prayer focus uh, slide that we have, and we're just going to spend some time praying as a congregation for everything on that list, or whatever you guys have on your heart tonight to just to, to pray for so okay second corinthians 4 starting in verse 13 it says and since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written i believed and therefore spoke and we also believe and therefore speak and so when we're talking about releasing our faith through our inner man through this inner man who becomes who, you know, this inside should renew our spirits, renew our mind, transform our mind. When we begin to speak it, we begin to believe it and we begin to speak it, it begins to truly begin to transform our lives. And honestly, this way to release our faith is through speaking, speaking God's promises and God's word and what God says about the situation that you're facing situation that you're facing the situation that you're facing it says who we would believe and therefore spoke so as we build this faith up on the inside and it talks about how it overflows out of us like a river coming out of us Mm -hmm. the spirit begins to come out of us we cannot help but begin to speak the bold promises of God that he has for our life and part of the the key verse that we've been talking about is we have not because we ask not and so many times I've realized looking back yeah, these things I want to happen, but have I really asked for them? Have we really, do we believe boldly enough with enough faith to go ask God for some pretty big things? And I know each of you has some pretty big things in your life that you're believing for. And I believe that as we speak those, as we build our faith, and the Bible says that we receive by faith. We receive by faith. So as we build that faith and speak that faith, those promises begin to manifest in our life. Verse 14, knowing that he, Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and present us with you. For all, <clears throat> for all things for, uh, are for your sakes that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Verse 16. Therefore we do not lose heart. I love this. Do not lose heart. So we've been sp- believing for something. We've been praying for something. Tim and Kim Lakovic, Mike and Barb Parchi, Mary, all of you guys, Crystal, all of you guys, you've been praying and believing for something, and we haven't seen it manifest yet. But this scripture is saying to us, do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Because even though the outward man is perishing... The outward man might be perishing. This renewing our inner man, yet this inward man is being renewed day by day. Verse 17 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And I love this last verse here, verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. We don't look at the circumstances that are in front of us. It's hard not to. Come on, right? Let's admit it. It's hard not to when you're looking at a bill, when you're looking at your car that just got cracked up and you're upset and you don't know how to fix it. You're not sure where the money's going to come from. Or you look at a medical report or a doctor's report or an x-ray or an MRI that says, hey, I'm looking at this. But the Bible clearly says, do not look at those things that are seen. Don't look at the things of this world. Don't put your hope in the things of this world. Don't put your faith on the things in this world. What does it say? Look at the things which are not seen in the spiritual realm. What, is, what we don't see is actually what is reality. And it's, I, I, even as I say it, I'm just like, what? <clears throat> to wrap your head around that. The things that we see, the flesh, what's right in front of us, is not true reality because the reality is in the spiritual realm. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You know, the Bible clearly says that, you know, we're all going to pass away someday. All this stuff's going to get burned up. And the only thing that's left is what God has done in the spiritual realm. It's all that ends up being left. And God rebuilds something brand new and beautiful. And we get to reign with him and all these things that Revelation promises us, which is amazing but we don't focus our eyes on the things which we can see with our own physical eyes. But we have to see with our spiritual eyes those things which God has in store for us. That's truly beginning to renew our mind, right? Because these, these eyes go right into my brain and they begin to send me signals of what I'm seeing, the things that are in front of me. But when we truly renew this inner man, truly transform our mind, it changes what we see. Isn't that interesting? It changes what we see. These optical lenses that take in all these lights and begin to see what we see. But when we transform this and transform this inner person, we actually begin to see things completely differently. Completely differently and in a new light. Okay, turn with me to uh, Mark chapter 5. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible, mostly because my son's name is in it. (laughs) We do call it Jairus in this church. So there's Jairus, there's Jairus, and then there's Jairus. So just for Erie Christian Fellowship Church, I'm just saying we like to say Jairus. This is uh, Jason and Liz's pronunciation of this word, of this name, because that's what we call our little man. <clears throat> so That's our little guy. Okay, uh, verse 21. Verse 21, Mark 5, verse 21. Now, when Jesus had crossed again, or when crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him. A great multitude. Wherever Jesus went, a great multitude gathered around. And so when I just even read this verse, I think, well, Jesus is here. He's in our midst. So I'm expecting a great multitude to gather around this campus and to gather around every campus and every church across the city as we begin to see revival move. Great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came. Interesting, look at that. One of the rulers of the synagogue, which means he is in the synagogue. He is present there when Jesus is teaching there. Jesus has been teaching in the synagogue. He's been in the synagogue. So this Jairus dude, this guy, our little guy, but this Jairus guy, who was a synagogue leader, he heard Jesus. His faith was built up on the word of God. It's an important point to note. It says, Jairus was his name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. How often have we been talking about that recently? Come, let us adore him. What did the wise men do the moment they saw baby Jesus? They fell down. Right there. In his presence, we cannot help but fall down. For we can no longer stand up by the power and the presence of God Almighty himself. And in this case, Jesus was the God's presence on this earth, and Jairus couldn't help it. Boom, he falls down. He goes right down. Verse 23, and he begged him earnestly. Now, we know we don't have to beg, but he's he's pleading, please, Jesus, please, Jesus, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Now, watch what he says here. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed, and she will live. That last verse we talked about. Believing and then speaking what we expect to see happen. Right? That last verse. This is what Jairus is doing right here. It's exactly what he's doing. He's believing. If Jesus, you will just come and lay your hands on my daughter, she will be healed and she will live. He begins speaking that expectation, speaking that bold promise, speaking that bold word of God saying, Jesus, I know you can do this. I know you can do this. And if you reflect this versus the centurion, the centurion said, hey, what, what Jesus called the centurion's faith was the greatest faith that he's seen anywhere. Think of how, how many places. What did the centurion say? Just speak the word. Speak. So the centurion's face, faith was even further along than Jairus's Because Jairus was like, hey, man, Jesus, you need to come and you need to like put physical hands on my daughter and heal her. The centurion was just like, just say the word, bro. Right? <clears throat> Just say the word. I got this. So this is—we're all growing in our faith. All right, we're all growing in our faith. But Jairus is saying, "Come, come, lay your hands, and that she may she may live." And so, verse twenty-four is in. Jesus went with him. You see, when we call out to Jesus, when we bring our prayers to him as says he was begging but he was basically praying saying Jesus will you come will you impact this situation will you come alongside me will you come with me and help me in this situation and was to say Jesus went with him when we call on the name of Jesus he is coming with us so when, you're, when, you're, when your car, as my wife was, was spinning on Tannery Road out of control, this was years ago, with three little kids, on the, kids in the car and she was careening off the road, Jesus, that's all she said. And I'm telling you as I'm standing here, the car stopped from going off the side of the road. Impossible, 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 given the speed, the trajectory of the car, where it was going, it was going off the side of the road, they were going to roll down the hill it stopped. One thing, Jesus, the name of Jesus. When we call on the name of Jesus, he answers us. Now, I'm going to skip verse 25 uh, down through uh, verse 34. You can read that at home. That's, that is the, the rest of the story in between of the trip from when Jairus is talking to Jesus and they begin walking to Jairus' house. This is the woman with the issue of blood, okay? And this is, you know, they were thronging all around him. And she had such faith that all she had to do was touch his hem of his garment and that she would be healed. And what happened? She was healed. And what did he say to her? It's because of your faith. That you are healed because of your faith that you are healed. Anyway, I'm not talking about that tonight. So go to verse 35. Verse 35. While he was still speaking, so now he's speaking what's happening with this daughter, who's, who he says, Your faith has made you whole, uh, be, be healed of your affliction. While he was speaking here, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, who said, So people from Jairus' house came back and said, Ah, your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Like, well, you know what? The circumstances that we see with our eyes, what we see in the physical realm is telling us it's over. It's hopeless. It's not worth it anymore. We're completely done. Forget it. Don't bother this man named Jesus anymore. It's too late. Right? This is what, this is what they're seeing. This is what they're, and so this is what they're saying. What we're seeing is what we say. We did begin to see what God says. We begin to say what God says. Don't bother the teacher any further. Verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Notice here, immediately upon words of negativity, words of destruction, words of death, Jesus immediately speaks back up and says, no, 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 no. This is not how this is going to roll. I'm involved in this. I'm here with this. It says, do not be afraid, only believe. This is what he says. Then verse 37, he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, who was the brother of James. I love this. Like, okay, we got to build our faith here. We're walking in faith. I don't want anyone around me who was using these eyes to see the situation in the natural realm. So he basically said, ah, hey, everybody else, you're going to stay here. I'm going to go along forward with those who are going to believe in faith with me that this is going to happen and believe that this is going to come to pass. So he permits no one to follow. Verse 38, And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw the tumult, I guess you would say, and those who wept and wailed loudly. Everyone's upset. I get it. They this, this daughter died. Verse 39, And when he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child's not dead, but only sleeping. And they ridiculed him. And when they had put it, so I love this. But he had put them all outside. <laughs> excuse me, unbelievers. Excuse me, those who are not going to walk in faith with me, who are not going to believe along. I'm telling you, there's sometimes we have people in our lives who are giving us a lot of negative input. It doesn't mean we can't be friends with them. But when we're going into a battle, going into a journey of faith, sometimes you can't bring them along. That's right. You can be friends with them. But you cannot let them influence your life anymore. You cannot let them speak into your life anymore. Because what you need to hear is words of faith. You need to begin seeing with your spiritual eyes, not with your physical eyes. And those who are bringing you to look with your physical eyes, you cannot be be speaking with them. Especially during these times. Now can you influence them during times where they need it? Absolutely. But when you're in a crisis mode and you need people around you to surround you with faith, there are people you know who to call. There are people in your life, and if you don't, I pray that you will find those people. And they ridiculed him when well, he put them all outside, and he took the father and the mother of the child. You see, the father and the mother also had faith to believe, because he would have kept them out, too. Yes, he would He'd have been like, hey, excuse me, Jairus, Jairus's, you know wife, this girl's mom, you gonna just stay outside for a little bit, let me go do my thing. But they believed, their faith was aligned with what Jesus was going to do. How do we know that? Because one, Jairus heard the word of God because he was in the synagogue with him. And then number two, Jairus spoke and said, Jesus, just come and lay your hands on my daughter. She will be healed and she will live. Now that's when she was living. Now they believe that she's dead, but he still believes. Just put your hands on her. So Jairus, come on in here. Come on in with your mother. Of the child who was with him, they entered where the child was laying. He took the child by the hand and he said to her, Uh, Talitha uh, Kumai, I believe is how it's said, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise, arise. I love this verse 42. And immediately the girl arose. Look at what Jesus did. Again, he's using the words. He's speaking the truth. He's using the word, his word, which is the word of God, but he's speaking the truth, saying arise. He's speaking to the situation through the spiritual realm, not caring what he sees, in the natural realm. He says, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked. She was 12 years of age. They were overcome with great amazement. They were overcome. And I truly believe as we build our faith in our inner man, we begin to see our situations differently. We begin to invite Jesus to this party, invite Jesus into our lives in every area of our lives. We begin to speak the word of God over the things that are in front of us, Jesus, Jesus takes control. Amen. He does the miracle. The immediately's start to happen. What is your immediately that you begin to need? And I'm telling you, when you pray it tonight in the spiritual realm, it is immediately done. Sometimes the physical realm, the natural realm, takes a little bit of time to catch up with the truth in the spiritual realm, but it ends up happening Some, one way or the other. As we read in Revelation in the beginning, it may some of these things may be when we get here, but we are calling heaven to earth. We are expecting every situation in our life for God to do a miracle right now. And truly, when, we, when I reflect on why God hasn't done certain miracles, I begin to ask, Lord, what is it in me that's stopping? Is it my faith? Is it something that I'm speaking, believing, not changing? Because God's never wrong. God never fails. Yes, God is sovereign, and we don't know exactly why he does things or things happen, you know, different ways that we talked about last week, the girl at Bethel, why Olive wasn't raised back from the dead. I don't know. I don't understand it. They probably don't understand it. But all we can do is ask the Lord to move. And over and over and over, we've seen that immediately he intervenes in situations and we begin to see miracles happen. Miracles happen. I love this. They were overcome with great amazement. That's my prayer tonight that we are overcome with great amazement at the works that Jesus does in our life. So, Rich, if you could get that uh, <clears throat> some music on in the background. What I want to do now is I just want to spend the next 10 minutes or so and I just want us to begin to pray. You know, you can walk around and pray, you can come to the altar and pray. You can pray in your seat. It doesn't matter where you are. But there are things in your life that you need to speak the name of Jesus over. You need to invite Him into these situations, these dire situations, these relational situations, these physical situations. The analogy of the car careening off the road. Jesus. Jesus. Call upon His name tonight. Call upon his name tonight. He is faithful to answer your prayers. The Bible says, seek and you shall find. Knock and he shall open. When two or more are gathered, he's in our presence. He hears our prayers. He answers our prayers when they're aligned with God's will, with the Father's will. So I encourage you tonight, just begin to pray over situations in your own life for a couple minutes. And then we've got this slide up here. I just encourage you to begin to pray for some of these things, whether it's our churches, for the world, for Australia and all the crazy fires and everything, and the earthquakes in Puerto Rico, I think there's earthquakes happening. This world needs Jesus. This world needs revival. There are things happening in Iran that just are absolutely amazing from a spiritual perspective and revival that we're believing for to happen in Iran. The things that are going on in China and the persecution that the churches are going through—there are things that we can intercede for right here in Erie, Pennsylvania, and we can make a difference not only in our own lives and in this city, but all across the world as we begin to pray the name of Jesus over these situations. So let's just take a few moments and pray. Lyrics to that song (laughs) was what a beautiful name. You were the Word at the beginning one with God, the Lord Most High. Your hidden glory in creation now revealed in you, our Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. You didn't want heaven without us, so Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great. Your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ. How sweet is your name, Lord, how good you are. We love to sing the name of the Lord. We love to sing for you all. You have no rival, you have no equal. Now and forever our God reigns. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Couldn't have planned that prayer, that prayer song list, going any more perfectly than ending there with in the name of Jesus. I want to read this kind of as a benediction tonight. Uh, it's a 2020 proclamation. I believe I, I'm not sure who put this in my mailbox. I may have an idea. It came with a little book that I also uh, have been reading, but I just want to read this. Uh, it's really something that you should probably speak out. Uh, you know, kind of say after me. Now, let's do that. You can just say this after me. Um, I'm not usually a huge fan of doing that. It seems kind of, I don't know, sometimes odd to me when you repeat after me. But that's okay. This is a proclamation of what we're going to declare in Jesus' name in 2020, okay? So I'm okay if we do a little repeating. So repeat after me. I declare in Jesus' name. I
0: declare in Jesus'
1: name. This is a new era for me.
0: This is
1: a new era for me. A decade to declare. I will see what I say in the year 2020. This is the year I have perfect vision. This is the year God shows me His glory.
0: There
1: is new wine being poured. There is new wine being poured. A new beginning being offered. A new beginning being offered. And I will not miss it. I will taste that the Lord is good. good. My dreams have no limitations. My vision is clear. My My assignment is certain. certain. When I seek, I will find him.
0: him.
1: When When I ask God, he will answer. When I knock on the door, it will be open to me. The lion will roar in the 20s, and I will see the glory of God. In Jesus' name, let it be. Amen. Amen. That's amen, by the way. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this evening. We thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, in our lives, in our church, in our midst. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are good. Your mercies are good. They're new every single day. And so, Father, just give a hedge of protection as we travel home tonight. We thank you for uplifting us in the middle of this week. Father, thank you for the power and the strength to move forward through your Holy Spirit to do what you've called us to do, uh, even tonight and tomorrow and the rest of this week. Strengthen us, Lord. We thank you for revival that's on its way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Have a great evening.
0: Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly faith communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.